You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we're going to talk about if this is God. And um, I went on a trip this week. I told you guys last week, I went to Houston this week and filmed a TV show and at uh, Christian Television Network in Houston. And uh, I was telling them earlier that they were like, yeah, we're going to do the interview and, and we'll do that, which I've done interviews. So that's not a hard thing. Uh, and, and then you can preach for 30 minutes. We'll go ahead and film that. And I was like, huh, well... <laughs> I have five minutes to prepare preaching for 30 minutes. And you can't just pull out an old sermon and say, oh, I preached this last week. I'll just preach that. It, the anointing just doesn't work that way. So I'm sitting there going, oh, okay. And I'm smiling because whenever I don't know what to do, I just smile because I don't know what to do. So I just smile and I'm smiling. He's like, that's no problem, right? And I'm like, no, I'm sure it's no problem, right, God? That's no problem. It, but it just all works out because God is good. And he has a word, and he has a word in season. So I had a great trip, and I'm going to start doing a show with CTN. Uh, I'll fly out there once a quarter, film all my shows in two days, and then come back. And And they are uh, great. They're going to not only show it on their show, but they also have, you know, YouTube and streaming is really where everything is going. Uh, so they have a streaming on their YouTube, so they'll put it on their on their YouTube channel. They'll package it for me to put on my YouTube channel. So it'll all be distributed. So that's really nice. Uh, so it's going to be a fun new opportunity and um, you can do interviews on it and they want to bring in live audiences for me to teach during uh, my, my show and that kind of thing. So they have lots of ideas for me and I came up with this great name I was going to use. And when I was sitting there talking to them, they were like, why don't you just call it Cindy Stewart Live? I said, because I thought you wanted a name for it. Because they sent me a thing and said, you know, come up with a name for the show and all that kind of stuff. They're like, no. Why don't you just be you? I'm like, it's so much easier just to be me, right? So that's going to be fun. And, and they, so that's going to be fun. So that really is a blessing of the Lord. But um, so I want to talk about, let's go to Acts 5. We're going to talk about if this is God. And this is a big deal, guys. You know, when I read the Bible, I just read, you know, I usually have some place that I'm reading, but I'll come across a verse or a section of the word where God just highlights it. Every day is the same way. I'll be reading, I'll be praying, and then all of a sudden, a verse will stand out. It's almost like it comes up off the page. It's highlighted in yellow, or a word, or a section, a couple of scriptures. And when I came across this, I knew God was just breathing on it. So I want to talk about a little, I'm going to read the scripture I'm, I'm talking about right now, and then we're going to go back and con put it in context. But the scripture that I'm talking about is um, Acts 5. And it's thir Acts, verse 39. And I'm going to read it in both the New King James and the Passion Translation because it is a little bit different in there. It says, uh, but if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you even be found to fight against God. 
what we have to remember, if God's moving, we're not going to overthrow what God is doing. Because God is God. And I think even Gene shared that in his word this morning. You know, God has a plan and he is moving on this plan. And like I said, we'll talk about this in context. In the Passion Translation, it says, if this, if this movement is of God, you won't be able to stop it. And you may discover that you were fighting God all along. Has anybody felt they were fighting God all along? That, that resistance that, you know, God is calling and beckoning and, and, and nudging us towards something. And the resistance, uh, because we're like, oh, that can't be God. Oh, yeah, there's no way. And like Gina uh, spoke of earlier that, you know, we don't have enough education. We don't have enough whatever knowledge, whatever to do it. And all along, we're fighting against the ordained plan of God for us, for our region, for our community, for our nation. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to start in, uh, we're going to go back to verse 12 in Acts 5. And we're just going to kind of read a little through scripture and, and think about this. But this is a season, I talked about it last week. You can look it back up and, and uh, listen to it. But this is a season where prophetic fulfillment is happening. It's happening. And one of our challenges is to be able to step into what God is doing because we've waited so long for it to occur that we don't even believe that it's happening to us. And it's even like Deb was talking about her journal and, you know, there, Kevin's like, I know where it is. And she's like, I know it's not there. I know it's not there. And sure enough, you know, sometimes God's trying to move us somewhere and we're like, I know that that's not God. I know that's not him. He would never do it that way. Never. Because I know God so well that I know every move that he would ever make. After 42 years of being married to Chuck, even he surprises me. He surprises me. So we, we don't have God down pat. Um, so let me just read through this a little bit. Verse 12, it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. So we've got miracles, signs and wonders. We've got people believing in Jesus. That's what I call a revival, right? So that they brought sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. How many have went and laid in the street next to someone you know has an anointing, hoping that their anointing will fall on you to get you well? None of us, right? Some of us, we won't even come up for prayer because we've had prayer a few times and it hasn't worked. So I'm not coming up for prayer again. I'm telling you, I know that. When I, when I was still trying to get healed of my thyroid, I was with Joan Hunter. In fact, I'll tell you, anyhow, I was with Joan Hunter and she's known for miracles and all that kind of stuff. I thought I should have Joan pray for me while I'm with her. And I was like, nah. Now here's someone who walks in miracles. Really, all I should have done is just go and stand next to her. While I was in Houston, she invited me to come over to her house and spend the night at her house. And as it turns out, her ministry, her parents were Charles and Francis Hunter, the happy hunters. And they had a miracle uh, ministry, which she 
receive that anointing and has it. So while I was there, she had a hundred people coming from, well, she was going to end up having 200 people total, but a hundred people coming from six different nations, 24 different states to be ordained. And for four days, they were doing the ordination and they were doing a healing training so she could impart it even to more. 200 people. I went to her conference center, which is fairly new, um, and it was amazing. And it just encouraged my heart so much to see her, you know, just build the vision that God has given her and watch people come from all over. And she said, you know, we we're going to have an ordination ceremony in different states. She's, I think there's four different states this year. And she said, originally, I wasn't going to do that because I was like, if I do it there, then that'll take away from what I'm doing in, in Houston. And then she just felt like, no, I think I'm supposed to do that. It has doubled what she is doing. It has increased her ministry in, in, in double. By doing that. So sometimes when we think, because she, she's built this beautiful state of the art, she's taken over this field, beautiful, refurbished the whole thing. Uh, sometimes when we think everything needs to occur in one place, and by, as she said, by moving it to different states, it's going to take away from it, it's because our mind is so finite, we can't see the multiplication of God. Because we think everybody has to come here to get multiplied. And she just got back from Rwanda, too, doing the same thing, reaching out. So um, we've got to think big. We've got to think big and beyond. So here's all this going on. There's people being healed by shadow, just a shadow. And verse 16 said, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. God, release all your healing over us today. All your healing. Verse 17. Then the high priest rose up and those who were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, they were filled with indignation. That word is jealousy. They're filled with jealousy because the apostles are moving in power. Bringing a multitude of people to the name of Jesus, getting them saved and baptized. But it broke the conformity that they wanted everyone to live in. So they're jealous. So what are they going to do? They're going to kill the apostles. You know, they're going to arrest them. They're going to put them in jail. Um, it says verse 18, and they laid their hand on the apostles and put them in a common prison. But I love the buts in the, in the word of God. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now it's interesting because what God has ordained is not going to be stopped. And when they were let out of prison, it would have been much easier for them to run hide in their house. But God says, since through the angel, no, you go back out into the temple gates and you preach and you do what you're doing. And I'll take care of the people who are against you because what he has begun, he's not going to let be thwarted by anyone. And that's what we have to remember. What God has begun in us 
is not going to be stopped by the enemy because God is greater than any enemy that's come against us. And sometimes we give the enemy too much credit. We're so focused on what the enemy is doing that we forget that God has a plan that's going to overthrow anything the enemy has set against us. Our minds can't be so captured by what the enemy is doing. It has to be captured by what God promised, what his word says. You know, it says that the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10, 10. We get so focused on he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy from us that we forget the second part of that says, but Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. So Jesus' life more abundantly overshadows and destroys the enemy's ability to kill, steal, and destroy us. I know, I'm like, God, this is a revelation. And it's a revelation we know, but it's something that has to be stirred up in us. And we have to be reminded that God is not going to be mocked. He is moving on this earth right this minute. He moved in our service this morning. He's moving with the word of God. He's stirring it up in you saying, wait a minute. God has promised me this. I can feel that, 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 uh, that fulfillment of that promise happening right now. What is my mind saying? Is my mind saying, yes, God? Or is it saying, but God, what about this? What about that? You know, we have to renew our mind according to what the word says. According to what God has promised us. So they went out preaching and they start doing it all. And they go back to get them out of jail. The guards go back to get them out of jail. They're not there. But, but the gates are locked as if they'd never left. And what does it do? It makes the people who are against God even mad, matter. The council against God even matter. I mean, against, yeah, the, the apostles even matter. And they decide that they are going to kill the apostles. Let's go to verse 28 for a minute. It says, the high priest is saying this. He's saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach the name of teaching this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter said, and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God rather than man. You know, it's interesting. We were talking about it in uh, our office earlier before church, Karen and Gina and I. And we were talking about when the Lakeland Revival happened. And I don't know if any of you went to that. We went to it and we watched it on TV. Gene went to it. But at our old church, it was quite a firestorm. Uh, Even at one point, we were told we weren't allowed to talk about it anymore. And I went and um, I watched God move. Now, was it a perfect move? No, it's a perfect move of God, but not of people. Were there things that went on, which we found out later, there was even more than we even had a sense that was going on that was not of God. But God still allowed the person who was in charge of the revival to be there. And he performed miracles. 
I saw a little boy come out of a wheelchair. And this was when it was at the baseball field because it moved to different locations. I saw a little boy who was in a wheelchair. He's, I don't know, maybe 10, 12. I'm trying to remember. Get out of his wheelchair and push his wheelchair around the bases. And begin to walk. We saw masses of people saved. We saw people come from all over. People getting healed. People getting saved. People getting baptized in the spirit. We saw a move of God in an imperfect facilitation. And there was such a firestorm. Because how could God do a miracle through a flawed voice? Get out our mirrors. Come on. And it, was a, it wasn't just a little flawed voice. It was a character moral issue flaw. But for whatever reason, in that timing, in that season, God moved. He responded to the hearts of his hungry people. And it went on for months. And then it ended. And then we saw, you know, the collateral damage. But for whatever reason, that plan in that moment went forth. And the church, forget the outside world, because the outside world is just the outside world, you know. But the church imploded on itself through the fighting and the, you know, the, the tearing apart of what was happening. And I was listening to Bill Johnson from Bethel uh, in one of his sermons not too long ago. And he was saying when he went to the Toronto outpouring that there were 5,000 people there when he was there. And he said, there were things I've never seen before. And he said, I didn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out. He said, but when I closed my eyes, he said, I knew the presence of God out of my experience with God over the years. I knew that God was there, even though my eyes and my mind could not understand what was happening. That's what we have to realize. We Part of this season is we've got to get out of what we demand it look like in order that we see what God has for us. We, we, and you know, it, sometimes it just, uh, Jean said that, I forget who said, who did you say she said that? Sometimes you just have to not say anything and take it all in as you're confirming what God is doing or confirming that it's not God. But part of this season is understanding that what is happening and how God is moving may not fit into the box that we have been trained in. And we're, we're going to have to be willing to test outside of our mind conformity in order to move into what God's trying to do for us. It's an interesting season because we, we're seeing things that, um, that are just surprising us just surprising us. Let's go to Matthew 16, because I just want to talk, have a couple other talking points I want to touch on. Matthew 16. And I think this is a good example of um, if this is God. Matthew 16, verse 21. 
It says, from the time Jesus began to show his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third dead, third dead, third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So Jesus, the Messiah, is telling them what's about to occur. And Peter's like, absolutely not. You know, sometimes the plan of God does not look like what we want it to look like. But he turned, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. We, we want God to conform to what we are mindful of. Instead of us conforming and being transformed to what God has for us and for the world. You know, we're talking about so much about end times, and I understand that. But what is God doing now that is moving forward the revelation of people coming to Christ. The gospel preached all over the world. The, the, the prophetic words of miracles and, and healings coming forth in masses. I mean, it is happening, but we're getting caught up in some of the other things that are going on that is keeping us blinded from what God is doing. I don't know. Does that make sense? I think what I'm trying to say, because this has been on my heart for a couple of weeks now, is there is a massive move of God. There is a massive move of the enemy. But what God has planned is not going to be overthrown by the enemy. So what we have to focus on is what is God doing so that we can see how he's going to use us to defeat the enemy. You know, when I was thinking about, I know I talked about Nehemiah a couple of weeks ago. And Nehemiah and his crew rebuilt the wall in 52 days. And in the scripture, it says, I'll just read this one little scripture. I'm not sure I gave it to Noah. It says, uh, Nehemiah 6, 16, it says, And it happened when all the enemies heard that the wall had been built within 52 days. All the nations around us saw these things and they were disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this, this work was done by God. That's what hap is happening. God is doing a work right now and the enemy is disheartened. The enemy that has uproar that's trying to get our attention is actually feeling a defeat. Because God is moving in such a way that he knows and however he's functioning, whether it's through a nation, whether it's through a group, whether it's through an organization, there is a defeat coming over them because God is working for his people, for his kingdom in order to shift us into this prophetic promise time that we're in right now. This fulfillment time. Like Deb said, we're in the season of crossing over. And yes, we're going to fight. We're going to fight some 
we're going to come across some giants and we're going to have to fight. But God is the one who is winning this war for us. If we will keep our eyes on God and not get to distracted by what the enemy is trying to do to barely hold on. The enemy is barely holding on right now. He's barely able to take a breath because God is overpowering him through his people. And yes, we see these little victories here. We think the enemy's won a little bit. Well, the enemy thought he won when Jesus died. He had a breath of hope inside of him. But when that stone rolled away, the enemy trembled. One of those songs we sang, the enemies tremble as the church stands up and praises. That's what's happening. That's why I feel such an excitement because God is moving. He's moving. God is healing. God is getting his gospel all across the nations. God is defeating these strong arms. I mean, if you see what's going on with Elon Musk and Twitter and Bill Gates, don't tell me that God is not moving. And that's just one little small instant. I mean, look, what, look at all the bills that uh, DeSantis signed this past week. We need to stand up and rejoice because the, in, the enemy is the one who's barely holding on. The enemy is the one who's scrambling for another strategy. The enemy is the one who's saying, what the heck happened? I thought we had the upper hand. But it's not true. Because the word says, this is a movement of God that cannot be stopped. And we live in a season to not only thrive in this movement of God, but be a part of the destruction of the enemy's plans in this season against our families, against our nation. This is the season. You know, Matt's gone this week. Matt Dines has gone this week. And he's gone on this redigging the wells trip. They're going up to Kentucky to, um, uh, uh, is it called Blue Cane? Cane Ridge. Uh, and then they're going to Azusa. They're going, they're flying. There's over a hundred people going to, to these different wells of revival, redigging them in intercession and prayer and worship. And, and when he gets back, he's going to have some time to share about what occurred. But to me, it's like when um, um, Isaac redug the wells of Jacob. The enemy came against him. The enemy came against him. The enemy came against him and the wells, but the wells were redug. So the enemy can come against us all he wants, but God will defeat him on our behalf. Just like with Nehemiah, everyone will see that the work of the Lord, the hand of the Lord has been on us and that we are able to thrive and be victorious in this season of what looks like the enemy's win. Because the enemy is being defeated. And God is accomplishing what he has purposed. Amen? Yes. Amen. Okay, let's pray. I felt like the thing that Deb had us write on our hand, I even felt like a release of it. I wrote three things on my hand. And I just felt like when we were praying and Jean was singing that they were just like, it, it was just like sliding off into action. 
you know, go, you know. So um, let's stand up. Let's pray because I know God wants to just seal this. Seal what has happened this morning, Lord. God, we just thank you that your word says that there will be no way that the enemy will be able to stop the movement that you have started. God, I thank you that each one of us are rising in victory over where the enemy has tried to take our territory. And even as Deb's word came, as Caleb went in, it was the land of giants. But he took that territory and possessed it. So, Lord, right now we are possessing our territory. We have started this season of, of, of uh, momentum that's moving us into the right position. That is, that is fulfilling and, and aligning us with the prophetic words spoken over us. With the word that you have given us, Lord. Thank you that your word is yes and amen over us. And what the enemy has planned will be faced with utter destruction, utter destruction. And Lord, that you will open up not only our natural eyes, but you will open up our spiritual eyes to be able to see, to be able to understand, and to be able to move as you move. Uh, open up to the mysteries that you are unfolding right in front of us, Lord. And we just thank you, God, that we are victorious in this day, in this hour, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.